Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to minister this morning from the book of Galatians. So if you want to find that in your Bible, if you find the four Gospels, just keep turning right. Actually, Galatians chapter 5. Freedom. Freedom. I've been praying for some time now about how the Lord wanted me to close out my time here of sharing the word with you as a congregation. He brought me to some of these, I want to say standards in a way, but things that are of greatest importance in our lives. And maybe to even say the greatest opportunities that we have in the Lord. Um, There's a little story that I shared with you some time ago, and and I love it. I didn't hear too many comments when I shared it, but I'm going to share it again because I love it. Okay? Tony Campalo in his book, Let Me Tell You a Story, actually wrote this. He said, every Sunday... The ducks in a certain town waddle out of their homes down Main Street to their church. They waddle into the sanctuary and squat in their proper pews. The duck worship team waddles in, (laughs) just a picture here, sorry, and takes its place. And then the duck minister, no, sorry, comes forward and opens up his Bible. He reads to them. Ducks, God has given you wings. With wings, you can fly. With wings, you can mount up and soar like eagles. No walls can confine you. No fences can hold you. You have wings. God has given you wings, and you can fly like birds. And all the ducks shouted, Amen! And got up and waddled out of the room. Do you get it? You reacted about the way you did the last time. I understand why, actually. So many things that we approach and share through the word fall like rain on hardened soil. They run right off. I realized and realized a long time ago that most of the messages that are preached never make it outside the door. They're either choked out by the cares of this life, stolen quickly by the enemy, or they never really make it in at all because the soil is hard. Now, that's not to say that it's in every area and every person that 
I'm trying to judge this morning. I'm not. It is just the reality of sowing the seed of the word of God. Jesus noted that. I try to imagine what it would have been like for him. The son of God. The sacrifice for all mankind. He knew where he was going. He knew his intent for coming and what he was going to do. And yet he went from town to town preaching and teaching. Sharing the truth of life with individuals. He had something that I just have in part. And that is his Holy Spirit. He, because of his perfection, was able to be completely drenched, if you will, truly baptized continually in the Spirit of the Lord. And of course, then that enabled him through the discerning of the Spirit to know what people were thinking and knowing their condition. I cannot imagine the difficulty that he experienced in teaching. Knowing at times that the words that he was speaking, well, first of all, that the people only came to get their outward needs met. He speaks to that. That's how we know that. They just came either to be fed food after he fed the 4,000 and the 5,000. They came for food or they came just to be healed. Fix my body for me. But how many of them realized who he was and actually took hold of his teaching and became part of his kingdom? Very, very few. He preached to thousands. But by the time the day of Pentecost took place, there was only 120 that met with them in the upper room. You need to understand this morning as we talk about freedom, that freedom is a choice that keeps on giving in the Lord. It is a choice that you will make not just once, but many times. I believe that freedom is one of the greatest aspect, uh, excuse me, one of the greatest assets in a believer's life. I really do. I'm not trying to be mystical in saying this, but so often you can tell those believers who are walking free and those who are under some kind of bondage. Today I just want us for a few moments to look at how to get free and how to stay free. We'll try to be just as simple as we possibly can in moving forward in this. Freedom is expensive, but it's worth the price. This coming Friday is Veterans Day, and we always like to honor our veterans, so I want to do it right now. I'd like for all of our veterans to stand, please. All of you, all you who have served in some military. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate the price that you paid 
I know that some of you maybe didn't serve on a foreign field or have people shooting at you, but you were on the ready, and it takes that. Thank you all. You may be seated. See, understanding that freedom is expensive is very important to us. Some bear in their bodies the effects of their service. We know that. We walk down the street, go to the grocery stores, and we see individuals getting out of vans and what have you on crutches or with a new mechanical leg or arm or what have you because they lost some portion of their body serving this country. Scars, diseases, missing limbs, body parts, psychological wounds that are so deep that change their whole existence. Freedom is expensive. I was thinking of Kenny Dumphy. During the time of his service, he was drenched at times with an exfoliant that would kill vegetation. Ended up with cancer in his body, which ultimately took him. Freedom is expensive. It's a possibility of freedom that draws people to this country. You know, I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm not trying to get into a social issue that will split or divide us in any way, but just to give you some thoughts about this. I, in one part of myself, says build the borders high and tall and keep people out. And then there's another part of me that says if I was on the outside, if I was in a country that was under oppression of difficult leadership, what would I do with myself and my family? On this Sunday morning, there are people of all ages climbing in, sneaking in, wading in, swimming in. They're coming in trucks stuffed in like cattle. They're coming inside containers. Some are walking from places literally thousands of miles away. People of all ages are coming. Small children, teenagers, young men and women, old men and women. Some are leaving behind family and friends and jobs that have been earned by years of education only to arrive to be laborers. They're coming to the United States in a quest for freedom that many of us have enjoyed since birth. And they're paying their own price for the chance to live free. I say it again, freedom is expensive. You see, to those of us who were born in this country and have grown up in the freedoms, we take them for granted. We live in the midst of them. We enjoy them. We breathe the freedom that we have, not realizing how much it costs. To have that freedom, to keep that freedom, or in desiring that freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 has a phrase that says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The worth of our freedom to God is set by the price that he was willing to pay. 
Think about that for a moment. We can talk about freedom being worth a lot to us. Oh, I appreciate so much on my freedom and the freedoms that we have and everything like that. But most of that stays at the surface. It does not really affect the way we live or many times it does not affect our judgments even of other people. But God, realizing what it would cost to set men and women free from their sins and to give them everlasting life, was willing to pay the price. And that was that he would leave heaven and come to earth and live as a man. Go through all the stuff that we go through and then die a death on the cross. Well, after being tortured. Why? So that you and I could be free. I have to say this morning that I, I can't help but believe that God wants our freedom more than we want it. We will take for granted the freedoms that we have, but in those areas of our life where we are still bound, we so seldom will actually turn those over to him and let him set us free in those areas. Um, we play around with our freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I think it's, it's very important for us to truly understand that. That is not a, an assurance that whom the sun sets free will remain free. It is a statement that when the sun sets us free, we are free. Nothing can sneak up on us and steal our freedom. The freedom that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ is complete freedom. In other words, the sin that you bring to him, the bondage to sin that you bring to him, he will take that upon himself and set you free from that sin. No longer to carry it for guilt or for judgment. But the sun sets free is free indeed. You see, our freedom was and is in Christ. And it was his priority. Listen to his words. Luke 4. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To proclaim freedom for the prisoners. He's not talking about people in jail. He's talking about people who are bound by sin. People who are bound by struggles and difficulties. People who are bound by their past. He came. He died so that you and I could be free. God so loved the world that he gave See, we, we know those scriptures and, and they are around and they circulate in us. But do you realize what he's saying? He's saying he loves you so much that he gave Jesus so that you could be free. You see, freedom is here. Freedom is here right now. Because Jesus already paid the price. 
freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, freedom from the past, freedom to live, freedom to thrive, freedom to stay free. I say freedom is expensive, but it's worth the price. Living free is incredible. Can anybody testify to that? At some point in your life that you were bound by something that the Lord has brought freedom? If, if that is you, would you stand to your feet? I, I think we need to witness this today. Yes, 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 come on. The Lord has set you free from something that was binding up in your life. Look at this. Never to, never to return to it again? Come on. Can you give that witness? Maybe you do this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. He brings us freedom. You may be seated. I would say to you today, freedom must be honored. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We need to recognize that. He redeemed us so that we could live lives free. Free from the bondages of the past. Free from sin. Free from the encumbrances. Free from the ability of the enemy to break us. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The free often forget the price and dishonor their freedom. They dishonor their freedom by returning to what bound them. I just heard of an individual recently who had a habit that they dealt with that was causing them greater difficulty in their other illnesses and everything. And they, they got free from that habit. And we were rejoicing with them in that freedom. And I just heard recently that they returned back to that habit. And my heart sinks. Because the reason that they got free from it was because it was doing damage to them in the other areas of their body. And they were free. But they dishonored the freedom by returning to what was bound to them. Also, dishonoring by reliving their bondage by reflection. Mm, hear me. That is spending more time rehearsing the years of bondage than rejoicing in the days of freedom. Folks, a good testimony does not have to have all the adjectives and all of the, all of the uh, extras. Of everything that you did before you were set free. A good testimony can say, I was bound, but now I'm free. Let me tell you how I got free. And you talk to them about Jesus. Too many 
want to say, oh, yes, I was in the, I was in the, I was down there, I was there. Oh, I remember I used to drink this, and I used to do this, and I used to shoot up this, and I, and by the time they're finished, they don't have time to tell you about Jesus because they've wallowed in, in what they got free from. Like I said last Sunday, let the past be the past, get rid of it. Move on. Move on to what the Lord wants to do. Do dishonor the freedom that God has given to you by wallowing in the past, but rather give glory to God, church. He set you free. Some dishonor by forgetting who bought their freedom and the tremendous cost that was paid. I can tell you this morning, he should be praised. Those of you that stood to your feet, have you made it a daily practice to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for taking my shame, my guilt, my pain. Thank you, Lord, for breaking that in my life and setting me free. He's worthy to be praised. Have you thanked him this morning for your salvation? I want you to just, if you're saved this morning, if you know that the Lord Jesus has taken your sins away, I want you right now, right now, just to bow your head and you can say it out loud. We can take it. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking the sin off of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me the hope of everlasting life. It has come only through you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Paul says to the church in Galatia, he says, freedom in Christ is honored by refusing to use that freedom as an occasion to sin. Oh, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Just put it under the blood. I'm free so I can indulge my flesh. I'm free so I can do the things from which I was delivered. I'm free so I can live carelessly. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Freedom is honored by serving one another in love. Hmm. Love says... I will not engage my freedoms if it will cause you to stumble or fall. Is that the way you live your Christian life? See, because it's not just about your freedoms. It's not just about what you can do freely in the Lord, but how will that, how will that freedom affect someone else's life? Love says, I will help you carry your load. When you see someone else who is in bondage, instead of judging them and being critical of them, but rather remember, 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 remember of all that the Lord Jesus has helped deliver you. Everything that he has broken in your life, the power of sin that was going to destroy you for eternity, he took it away. And may he give us eyes of love that have compassion upon those who are in bondage. 
It's so easy, church. It's so easy to be critical. It's so easy for us to judge, to hold it against someone. Oh, will they do that? Oh, will they go there? Oh, my goodness. Did you know that they, oh, they have this. Oh, my goodness. As though we, in our perfection, have done anything. No, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are all a bunch of sinners who have been saved by the grace, the unmerited favor of our Savior. And that should quicken our eyes when we see someone else who is in bondage, that with tears, with a longing in our heart, we would want to help them be free. Amen? How many of you know the someone this morning that's in bondage? That's for you. What are you doing with it? Are you reacting in love? Are you willing to change what you do in order to be a witness of freedom to them? Love says, let me lead you to the one who saved me in my bondage. Abraham Lincoln said it like this, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God cannot long retain it. In other words, you, you have to be very careful. If you're intolerant, if you, are, if you are judgmental of others, the scripture is very, very clear. Judgment will come back upon you. You think, you think that you're above those that are in bondage or in, in struggling against sins or, or against illnesses or whatever, if you think you are above that because you are a believer, beware lest you fall. But rather humbly come as one who has been in bondage, who may not recognize the other bondages in their life, but who has been set free by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and chase after them lovingly, caringly, helping them to find that place of freedom in their lives. That's when you truly appreciate freedom. This is one that's extremely important. And I think we're missing, we're missing something in our lives today. Only life in the spirit will guarantee our freedom. You are not strong enough in your flesh to keep from going back. I think there should be one or two more amens to that. I just, I said, we're not strong enough in our flesh to keep from going back into sin. It may not be the same sin. It may not be the same bondage. It may be another one. But if you're just counting on your own self-control to be able to eradicate something that is bad in your life, you're a pretty helpless and hopeless person. It is only by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are set free, and it is only by the Spirit of God that we stay free. 
Because there is, and he talks about this war that is within us in, cha in chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk, out, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What is he telling us there? He is telling us that there's a war going on inside of us. Listen, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that what you are not, excuse me, so that you are not to do whatever you want. It's a hard thing to say. You don't even realize some of the things that may be placing you in bondage. You know, many individuals that were in bondage to their past, they didn't even realize it until some stage in their life where all of a sudden some event took place and poof, they, it all comes to the forefront. It was all in there, it was affecting their life, but they didn't even realize it until some event was a trigger and then boom. The war the opposing nature of flesh and spirit. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Our flesh is earthly and is bound to this world and all that is in it. The spirit is eternal and is bound for eternity. The war, living in the world and not letting the world live in us hard. One of the horrors and these other retired pastors can share this as well. The horror of pastoring for a number of years is having watched how the church has changed to be more like the world. We've come through evolutions of change. I remember where the times where music was honestly so poor in the church that if you depended upon it for a spirit moving, you were sunk. But the spirit of God moved. Song leaders did take the songbook and did song verse after verse after verse, and you just thought, oh, I'm going to die. As a kid, I can remember, it's, I'm just going to die right here. It's just never going to end. And he would, he would get excited about his process, and he would go on to another, another hymn, and another one, and another one, and another one. And you think, oh my goodness, this is never going to end. I'll be here for the rest of my life. How many, how many, anybody that's witnessed, you've been, in, grew up in this? Yeah. And, yet, and then, and then, as God's people began to pray and the Spirit of God began to fall and the Word was preached and souls were being saved and people were being filled with the Holy Spirit, it was miraculous, it was powerful, it was glorious. Then all of a sudden we realized that you couldn't have church unless you had a band and unless you had all kinds of music going on and everything like that. I'm not opposed to that. I think it's grand. But what happened was then we started substituting that for that moving of the Spirit. I could take you today. We could go in our cars. We could go to churches that 
at one time had powerful moves of the Spirit of God and today have, have replaced it with lights and sirens and smoke and everything else because God's Spirit is just not there. Now, I don't know what that does to you, but it's heartbreak to me. Because, see, we've moved away from our freedom and we've moved to bondage. And we didn't even realize that we're still calling it all the same thing. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The law of God came to show what sin is and was. When we are walking after the spirit, we're not under the bondage of the law. That is to say, we're not creating a, a list of rules as to what's right and what's wrong and all of that. But I can tell you that the spirit of the Lord, if you're listening to him, will keep you on track. He will guide you into all truth. He will teach you holiness before the Lord. He will help you to honor God with your life. He will put you on a track of empathy and sympathy and care over other people that are hurting and in need. You see, when you're under, an, under the influence of the Spirit of the Lord, your mind is set on things above, not on the things of this world. The purity of innocence is valued. When you're walking after the spirit of the Lord. The reality of true repentance is experienced. True repentance is a turning away. Not just an acknowledgement. But a turning away. To stay free in our lives. We cannot play games with sin. And that's the reason why the Spirit of the Lord will speak to us softly and early. To keep us from going back down the paths of bondage. Life without the Spirit is fruitless. Life with no hope. Life in the Spirit offers us this. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's not that we're all of a sudden going to blossom and have pieces of fruit hanging all over us. But rather, we are going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness and that last one self-control in other words his spirit comes along and gives us power and enablement to be able to keep from being bound by something else it's interesting because things continue to evolve what is a temptation today may not be a temptation tomorrow There'll be new ones. Somebody, somebody said, well, you know, <clears throat> Paul never talks about television. You're right. 
There weren't any TVs in Paul's day. Hmm? But some people are in bondage to them. I know that there were drugs, but there were not the exact drugs that we have today. I know there was alcohol and there was some of those things were, were present. So there were bondages in Paul's day. And I know I run a risk whenever I just mention anything like that because then it goes, you've got a label all of a sudden. <clears throat> Be careful in your judgments, church. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In other words, he wants you and I to be free. The only guarantee that I can give you, well, you can get free very easy because it's already been paid for by the blood of the lamb. All you need is come and surrender to the Lord what you're in bondage and he will set you free. But to stay free, you're going to have to find the life and the Spirit of God. You see, he would not have sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us if we didn't need his Spirit. Too many Christians today actually believe in the Holy Spirit indwelling of, of the believer. They believe in it. They just don't let it be practiced in their own life. A spirit-filled, spirit-led life has an assurance of living free. Because the Spirit of the Lord will let us know before you enter into bondage. He will say, not going to be good for you. Don't go there, don't do that, don't take that. You don't need it. And you'll have the opportunity. He doesn't steal our will. He's so gentle. Precious Holy Spirit is so gentle. He will always give you the opportunity to live after your flesh or to live after his spirit. But I guarantee you, if you walk after his spirit, you will not gratify the needs of the flesh and you will walk free. That's the word of God. I can tell you this morning and I'm done. <laughs> the Lord wants us to live free. Let me put the last thing up here. Where's my clicker? The Lord wants us to live free. If you're in bondage this morning to anything, the Lord wants to set you free today. So what do I need to do? Come to Jesus. Not to Bill McKee. Not to the elders. Come to Jesus. Come, say, Lord Jesus, I'm in bondage. Be truthful as to what you're in bondage, what, what, what's binding you. And let him set you free. And then whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You say, well, you know, what, what, if, what if I come forward and, and I pray and, and, and then I'm still, I'm still in the mess? Then get back down before the Lord. You have not finished releasing it to him. It's that simple. Come on. Either whom the Son sets free is free indeed or he's not. Either the Bible's true or it's not. 
If there's freedom in Christ, then we're either set free by what he's already done or it's not true. And if we're counting on him forgiving us of our sins, then we can count on him taking away and breaking the powers that are holding us and holding us back and holding us down. If you're a believer in this house this morning and you have never allowed the Holy Spirit of God to have liberty and freedom in your life, you will never know real freedom until you allow the Spirit of God to have that freedom in your life. You say, oh my, will I speak in tongues? You're worrying about the wrong thing. Set your mind on things above. Be more concerned that the Spirit of God is full in your life and all the rest of it will find its place in time. But there is freedom here today. Would you stand with me, please? I realized this morning that what I'm about to say is going to take some courage but maybe you're tired of being in bondage. Maybe you're tired of this, of this thing pressing in upon you and you would like to be free this morning. Or maybe you've come to realize that only life in the spirit will guarantee freedom. If not, it's just a wrestling match that you lose way too often. I want to invite you to the altar this morning if you want to be free, come. Find a place at this altar and begin to seek the Lord. Our elders will come behind you, in front of you, whatever, and they'll lay their hands and pray over you. But the important thing is you come to Jesus. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that can set you free. Come to Jesus. If you're in bondage, come to Jesus. You say, well, Pastor, why do I have to come forward? Because let me tell you something. You need to step out of what you're doing, of your life. You need to break your willingness to carry that load and say, Lord Jesus, I come. We used to sing a song, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And then it says, I come, I come. I invite you this morning to come. If there's things that are binding in your life. Now, Christians, here's what I believe for you. If you're really concerned about those that may be in bondage this morning, I would encourage you to close your eyes, to turn in your pew, to kneel down, to begin to pray and seek God. Because you see, the enemy is going to be saying, go out the door, get out of here. While the Spirit of the Lord is tugging on some hearts. There is freedom today in Jesus. There's freedom today. If you are in bondage. Let the Lord set you free. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Come on, Christians, pray. The battle is raging right here in this sanctuary this morning. The enemy is wanting people to leave here with their bondages. He is wanting them to leave 
they can leave free. Begin interceding. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I would invite those of you that maybe you've not released the Spirit of God to have that freedom in your life. He wants to fill you, fill you with his Spirit. If you've never done that, he is ready this morning to fill you, to, to overflowing. Come. Give him a chance. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Why don't you just wait in the presence of the Lord for just another moment or two. It's still very early. Please, Christians, be praying. There are at least three other individuals that the Spirit of the Lord is just, I don't know who you are, but there's three other individuals that the Lord is desiring today to break the bondage in your life. And you know, give him a chance today to set you free. Blessed Lord, blessed Lord, blessed Lord. Mm. Praise your name, Master. Praise your name. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you this morning for the work that you are doing in these lives. I thank you for the promises that you have given us. I thank you for the price that you paid so that we could be free. Help us, O oh Lord, to not be content to live in bondage. Help us, O oh Lord, to honor the freedom that you have given to our lives with praise and honor and loving others who are hurting even as we have hurt in the past. And Master, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your power that we might live lives that are pleasing to you and touch a hurting world while there's still time. Take us from this house this morning as we go into a world that really needs you. Take us, Master, from this place with the determination to tell the world there's hope. Even in your bondage, there's hope in Jesus. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Terry, for as long as you desire, these altars are open. Please be reverent for those.
people are praying as you leave the sanctuary. Maybe hold your conversations till you get outside. Bless you. Bless you.